Jesus, I pray this broadcast would come into you, into your presence, that each of us would be thanking you for this broadcast, for the church that they attend, for Jesus in their heart and in their soul, for the Holy Spirit that guides and directs each and every one of us. You've called us to be saints and the world around us, all the way around the, earth, the world. And as, as each of us lift our voices in one accord this night, we recognize that, that you are our God and that everything was made by and for you. We call 
unto being those things that, that be not as though they were. And pray that they would be as you would have them be. We thank you, Lord, that we all speak the same thing. That there is no division among us. That we are perfectly joined together in the same mind, the same heart, the same soul. And we pray that to grant unto us your representatives, whoever they may be here on this earth, that you would give unto them and to us a boldness to speak your word, which you will confirm with signs and wonders to follow. We thank you, Lord God, that we have people working out there in abundance for the salvation of the lost. And all manner of cunning people for every manner of work that needs to be done in this ministry. Every department, you know, we may put out the broadcast, but they may repeat that sermon. They may repeat parts of it. They may go to those that are lost and tell them that God loves them. In the excellence of ministry, that is the crust of it. God loved you. And he loves you so much that he gave his only begotten son. And whosoever should believe in the Lord Jesus Christ shall be saved. These are the gifts, then, Lord. These are the gifts of the church that ye have built through the body of Christ. That we should edify till we all come into the unity of faith and the knowledge of the Son of Almighty God. None of our, your people will be children tossed to and fro and carried from every wind of doctrine. We, spree, we speak the truth in love, Lord God. As the Lord spoke to us many years ago about building a church in the wilderness. We thank you for the facilities. Wherever you may go to church or even if you're homebound and you're listening to this broadcast, we, we thank you, Lord God, for the ability and the knowledge to be able to bring forth your word. <coughs> whether it be from a pulpit in a church, whether it be on a microphone going out over the airways, no matter where in the world we are or you are, we need to carry out God's great commandments. Go ye therefore and preach the word throughout the world. We are the people of love as love is shed abroad in our hearts by the Holy Spirit. We thank you, Lord God, that the word of God is living big within us, in every single one of us. For Jesus is the Lord of our lives. Jesus is the Lord of our lives. Praise you, Jesus. In your name we pray. Amen and amen. Well, welcome back to Spiritual Awareness with Pastor Davenport. You know, we are, 
an Arizona 501c, a, a nonprofit prayer ministry. And as always, from the very beginning, preaching on a wood box that was laid up on top of an old homemade picnic table in the middle of the woods in Juniper Woods. From that day that we said that very first prayer, that God would bring us a church, that we each would become a spirit-filled, Bible-believing beacon of light. That's what that church was for. A non-denominational ministry serves the Lord Jesus Christ there at Gospel of Faith Church in Ashford. We've come a long way. We've come a long way, Lord. We have a long ways to go. I thought I would go back to the book of Matthew, chapter 16, verse 18 and 19. This is the very first sermon I ever preached. And I've broken it down, rewrote, rewrote some of it for this broadcast. But I remember this was the very first sermon I ever preached. And I was preaching on a cement slab. Uh, well, let me rephrase, in, in the church. I was preaching on a cement slab. I believe there was one wall up, made a two by four frame. And I preached on how God, through Christ, said, I will build my church. Because that's what Matthew 16, 18 and 19 says. And I say also unto thee, thou art Peter. And upon this rock, the word is Petra, it's a small pebble. I will build my church. And the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. And I will give unto thee the keys of the kingdom of heaven. And whatsoever thou shalt bind upon this earth shall be bound in heaven. And whatsoever thou shalt loose on this earth shall be loosed in heaven. I want you to remember that when you pray. I want you to remember that. Binding and loosing in your prayer life. Now this is the first distinct mention of the church in the New Testament. That was given by Jesus Christ. Who is the very builder of. Of the church. Now I'm not talking about two by fours and siding and cement and blocks. I'm talking about the body of Christ. See, we do not build a church on our own. <clears throat> we simply cooperate with the master builder who is Jesus Christ. Amen. The church is not a material building. Say it again. The church is not that building that you go to. The church is the body of Christ who res resides within that building. The word is never used in the scriptures to refer to as a material building. 140 times in the New Testament, the language used of the church could not be applied to a building. The Lord added to the church. Herod vexed the church. The church was persecuted. Paul saluted, uh, saluted the church. The churches had rest. 
Only in the traditions of mankind can people go to church. The church, and I want to make this very clear, the church is not a denomination. Denominationalism is contrary to the scripture. Evidence of carnality and divisions in denominations are usually formed around a form of church government. A doctrinal emphasis or truth, a personality that God used in some revival or or an experience. The tragedy is that each revival of truth finds its bitterness, its bitterest enemies in the previous group that had light from heaven, but stopped somewhere along the way. History tends to repeat itself in every generation. And the only thing we learn from history is that we never learn from history. We must contain or constantly guard against the G, uh, degeneration cycle of God's message. The message, the man or the woman, the movement, and the manu monument. Notice that Jesus does not say, he will build his churches, but his church. There's only one church. And its message has never changed. The church is not plan B in the mind of God. The church was not merely instituted after the Jewish re rejection of Christ, but rather was prophesied through the entire Old Testament. All nations. Listen. We're broadcasting to 31 different countries and providences around the world. All nations were to be blessed by the seed of Abraham in Genesis 22 and 18. All families of this earth were to be blessed by Abraham's seed, Genesis 26 and 4. All kindreds of nations would worship the Lord in Psalms 22, verse 27 and 28. In the last days, listen to what it says. In the last days, this is Isaiah. This is Isaiah chapter 2, verse 2 and 3. This is Old Testament. Listen to what it says. In the last days, all nations would flow to the house of God. Isaiah 2, 2 and 3. And the Gentiles would seek the root of Jesse. Isaiah eleven ten. Many nations would be sprinkled with the blood of the Messiah in Isaiah 52, 15. And many nations would be joined to the Lord in that day, Zechariah 2 and 11. And the name of the Lord would be great among all Gentiles, Malachi chapter 1, verse 11. And in his name, the Gentiles would trust. In his name, whose name? Jesus' name, the Gentiles would trust in Matthew 12 and 21. So the church is the centerpiece of the kingdom of all of God. The kingdom of God is much larger than just one building because it includes more than the church, the whole universe, all the angelic hosts, all the Old Testament saints. However, the New Testament church is the centerpiece of God's kingdom in its most important part because it's the body of Christ. If you live between the day of Pentecost and the rapture, you must be in the church to be saved. Jesus said the prophets 
who gave their prophecies and even the angels would love to participate in the things that happened in our age. In Matthew chapter 13, verse 16 and 17, it says, But blessed are your eyes, for they see, and your ears, for they hear. For verily I say unto you that many prophets and righteous men have desired to see those things which ye see, and have not seen them, and to hear those things which ye hear, and have not heard them. In 1 Peter chapter 1, verse 12, Unto whom it was revealed that not an, unto themselves, but unto us they did minister those things, which are now reported unto you by them that have preached the gospel unto you with the Holy Ghost, sent down from heaven, which these things the angels desired to look into. Moses would love to have seen the royal priesthood. 1 Peter chapter 2, verse 5 and 9. Isaiah would love to have seen the day of Pentecost, Isaiah 28, 10 and 12. Joel would love to have been in that upper room in Acts chapter 1 and verse 2. And the church is the only thing God ever had to buy. He had to buy it with the blood of his son. God created everything. But the church, the body of Christ, cost him dearly. It cost him dearly. Now, we're privileged beyond measure to be a part of the church of the living God, the body of Christ. Somebody lift your hands to heaven and shout, Amen. Hallelujah. So, in Acts 20, 28, Take heed, therefore, unto yourselves. Take heed, therefore, unto yourselves. That's us. And to all the flock, that's to all the body of Christ, over the, which the Holy Ghost hath made you overseers to feed the church of God. What are we feeding them? The gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ, the bread of life, which he hath purchased with his own blood. That he purchased, he bought with his own blood. The church is the only thing that cannot be shaken. Individual saints and local assemblies may have problems, but the church is as solid as a rock of the revelation it is built on. And that's what it was built on. Not Peter. It wasn't built on Peter. It was built on the rock, the Petra. It was built on the revelation that Jesus Christ is Lord and Savior. And that the kingdom of God is at hand. The earth is to be shaken. Isaiah 2 and 19 and 21. Check these out. Write them down, please. Isaiah 2, 19 through 21. The earth is to be shaken. The nation of Israel is to be shaken. Ezekiel 38, 19 through 20. The heavens and the nations are to be shaken. Haggai 2, chapter 6. Or verse 6 through 7. See, everything that can be shaken will be shaken in Hebrews 12, 26 and through 29. <clears throat> but the church, oh, glory to God, the church cannot be shaken. 
The gates of hell cannot prevail against it because Jesus is building his church on the body of Christ. He's building it on the blood of Jesus. He's building it, hallelujah, for the kingdom of heaven, a bride adorned, ready for the groom and the wedding that's going to happen in heaven. In Matthew 16, chapter 18, Matthew 16, 18 through 19. And I tell you, you are Peter, Petros. Petros means a masculine, a large piece of rock. And on this rock, Petra. Petra is feminine, a huge rock like Gibraltar. I will build my church and the gates of hell the powers of the infernal region shall not overpower it or be strong to its de detriment or hold out against it. I will give you the keys of the kingdom of heaven. And whatsoever, listen to me, whatsoever you bind, that is, declare to be proper or to be improper or unlawful, you need to bind that. If you're an alcoholic, you need to bind that liquor. If you're a drug addict, you need to bind those drugs. You bind them on earth, must be already bound in heaven. And whatsoever you loose on this earth, or you declare lawful, must be what is already loosed in heaven. Notice the two principles in this passage. First of all, the church is built on a message, not on a man. It's built on a message from God, not a man. Men come and go. That's mankind, so I'm paraphrasing. Succeed and they fail. But the true revelation of Jesus Christ is the very foundation of the church. Thou art the Christ. Hallelujah. Matthew 16 and 16. Secondly, we must build the church according to God's blueprint. If we want to have his blessings, it must be by his blueprint. The words bind and the words loose are perfect passive principles in the Greek language, indicating things that have already been forbidden or, or permitted, depending on how you look at it. We can't just do whatever we want and expect God to bless it. We must do what he wants and the blessings will come automatically. Amen? If a contractor builds a house for someone, he sticks to the blueprint, which is which is the will of the purchaser, right? You see how it's going to be built. If we want to build a church, we need to stick to the very blueprint, the Bible, which is the will of the purchaser, which is God. Otherwise, we're not really building a church. So let, let's look at those principles. In the book of Acts, chapter 1, verse 1, the former treatise have I made, O Theophilus, of all that Jesus began both to do and teach. So the first principle of every body of Christ, every church, is to do and teach about Jesus. Jesus' ministry was all about doing and teaching. The one refers to his miracle-working power, while the other refers to his doctrine that he taught. 
on the Sermon on the Mount, and many other places. <clears throat> he healed a blind man. And I'm going to say this. Jesus did not work miracles just for a miracle's sake. Well, let me just go over here and do this miracle. No. He used them to teach doctrine. He healed a blind man and taught, I am the light of the world. Fed 5,000 and taught, I am the bread of life. He also did not teach just for teaching's sake, but he taught them as one having authority and not as the scribes in Matthew 7, 29. So doing, say doing, doing without teaching is wrong. It is wrong to have spirit without truth because that leads to apostasy. It is the obedience to doctrine that saves us. Not just a move of the Spirit. It's not your feeling. But it's your obedience to God that makes you a Christian. Amen? Somebody somebody, lift your hands to heaven and, and shout amen. Or look to somebody to the right of you or to the left of you or somebody in the room and, and shout amen. You're at home. Don't worry about it. In 1 Timothy chapter 4, verse 16, Take heed unto thyself and unto thy doctrine. Continue, say continue, continue in them. For in doing this thou shalt both save thyself and them that hear thee. So teaching without doing is also wrong. It is wrong to have truth without spirit. Because that, that, that'll lead to apathy. God holds us responsible for what we do with what we know. Talking about revival doesn't bring a revival. Revival is spelled work. W-O-R-K. It takes work to bring revival to anywhere. In James chapter 1 verse 22. But ye doers be doers of the word and not hearers only. Deceiving your own selves. We're to be doers of the word, not just speakers of the word. See, this broadcast and Gospel of Faith Church <clears throat> must both do and teach if we want to be blessed by God. Now, many of you have heard me get spirit-filled and speak in tongues. And, and in the church. But if the church is now dormant, the body of Christ is the one who must stir up the spirit. In John chapter 4, verse 23 and 24, but the hour cometh, John chapter 4, 23 and 24, but the hour cometh and now is when the true worshipers shall worship the Father in spirit. And in truth, how do we worship the Father? The Father is what? He's spirit. So we must worship it in, in spirit. And in truth, for the Father seeketh such to worship him. God is a spirit. And they that worship must worship him in the spirit and in truth. Amen? Now we want to move on to principle two. Witness and wait. Go to Acts chapter 1. Acts chapter 1. Verse 7 and 8. 
And he said unto them, It is not for you to know the times or the, or the seasons which the Father hath put in his own power, but ye shall receive power. Oh, my favorite, my favorite verse. But ye shall receive power after that the Holy Ghost is come upon you, and ye shall be witnesses unto me both in Jerusalem and Judea, Samaria, and to the uttermost, uttermost part of the earth. And wherever you are listening to sound of this broadcast, that's where you are. You're in the uttermost part of the earth. You're to be a witness. When I say we have we have prayer partners, prayer warriors, we're in the army of God. What am I saying to do? I'm saying for you, to those people that are around you, your circle, if you will, that you will speak to them about God. You will go to the lost that you know and bring them to salvation by the word of God. By witnessing, God did this for me. I was lost, but now I'm found. I was blind, but now I see. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. You see, God has two words for time. Konos, which means time governed by the clock, and quantity of time. And keros, K-A-I-R-O-S, keros, which means time measured by special moments, quality time. The key is that you have to take advantage of keros time at the moment in it happens or you lose it forever. In Luke's chap Luke chapter 19, Luke, Matthew, Mark, Luke, Luke 19, 41 and 44. Now, as he drew near, he saw the city and wept over it. I'm talking about Jesus. Saying, if you had known, even you, especially in this your day, the things that make for your peace. But now they are hidden from your eyes. Verse 43, for days will come upon you when your enemies will build an embankment around you, surround you, and close you in on every side, and level you and your children within you to the ground. And they will not leave in you one stone upon another, because you did not know the time of your visitation. In the book of Acts, chapter 24 verse 25 now as he reasoned about righteousness self-control and the judgment to come felix was afraid and he answered go away from now when i have a covenant time i will call for you i will call for you ephesians 5 we just studied ephesians ephesians 5 15 and 16 see then that you walk circumspectly not as fools, but as wise, redeeming the time because the days are evil. <coughs> Excuse me. In Galatians 6 and 9, it says, and I want you to mark this in, in your Bible, Galatians 6, 9, and let us not grow weary while doing good. For in due season, we shall reap. If we do not lose heart, or if we faint not, some Bibles say. Let us not grow weary while doing good, for in due season we shall reap 
if we do not lose heart or we do not faint that's what it says when the disciples asked when Jesus was going to restore the kingdom or send revival basically he told them that it was not for them to distinguish between the times Cronus or the season Keros because only God controls times of the supernatural visitations of God only God has power exosia authority exosia equals authority over the results of our prayer our worship and our work but he has given us power dunamis the ability dunamis the ability to be witnesses for Christ now you can witness about what God has done for you you can witness about what God has done for those around you you can witness to the love of Jesus and how Christ died on the cross for that person's salvation you see the key to revival is for the church to exercise its ability until God exercises his authority we must we must witness and wait had some cut out on me here principle number three that's where we're gonna finish up rise above and go beyond say that with me rise above and go beyond that's in Acts chapter 1 verse 25 that ye may take part of this ministry and apostleship for which Judas by transgression fell that he might go to his own place sometimes we mistakenly think that the early church was somehow more spiritual than what we are today but the book of acts tells us plainly that they had problems and they had setbacks the same as we do in today's world outside of the crucifixion of jesus christ probably no other situation was harder for the disciples to deal with than the fall of judas he had been ordained to be an apostle ordained to preach the gospel of the lord jesus christ and given power over devils and disease and yet he backslid and he betrayed the lord into the hands of the sanhedrin what a setback for the church but we do not see the disciples giving up do we or getting discouraged no instead they re they, they resolutely rise above their heartache and and they move beyond the terrible trial to embrace their future with God their future in the kingdom of heaven with God failure is never fatal God never wastes a hurt in Micah 7 chapter 8 excuse me Micah chapter 7 verse 8 uh, rejoice not against me O mine enemy when I fall I will arise when I sit in darkness the Lord shall be light unto me let's rise above our past this night our problems and our perplexities and go beyond to the place that we have never been before let us go on to meet jesus christ face to face soul to soul his living in your heart it's not that hard to seek Christ when he's living within your own heart, your own soul. 
Father, in the name of Jesus, we come before you this night. Lifting up every listener to this broadcast right now. And Lord, I'm praying, I'm praying, Lord God, that those that are listening would feel, feel the anointing of the Holy Ghost from the crown of their heads to the soles of their feet, every part of their body, mind, spirit, and soul, receiving that anointing of the Spirit right now. Know that you know that you know that you are a servant of God. Know that you know that you know that you are going to be in heaven. That you have served Jesus Christ wisely. Father, I pray this night. I pray this night for those that are doubtful. That those that say, I'm not good enough. For those that say that, oh, I've sinned too much. Christ don't want me. God wants you. He sent his only begotten son to die that you might be saved. No matter what your sin is, no matter what you've done, Christ is there for you. He died for you. The love of God abounds within you. If you'll but open your heart and let the love of Christ come in. Say this with me, this short prayer. Father. Say it with me. Come on out loud. There's nobody looking at you. Father, in the name of Jesus, I come before you and I repent of my sin. I am a sinner, Lord. And I believe that Jesus Christ died for my sins, rose again on that third day and sits at your right hand interceding on my behalf tonight lord i want to make jesus the lord of my life i ask you jesus for the salvation that it would come upon me that i might be saved in jesus name i'm praying tonight lifting my heart to you opening up my soul And I want you to say this last word. I am saved by the blood of Jesus. Now may the Lord bless you and keep you. This is going to be a new series we'll be doing. I'm sorry it's late tonight. I've been working on it. But it'll be a, a, a new series. And I hope you'll listen to it. Again, may the Lord bless you, keep you, and make his face to shine up your If you said that prayer, seek out a Bible-believing church. Ask them to baptize you for the remission of your sins in Jesus' name. And then get into a good Bible-believing church. Send us a word. Let us know how you're doing. In Jesus' name, amen and amen.